while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris is not with us tonight. He'll be back on Friday. He's taking some time off. I took some time off last week. And uh, he'll be back for Friday for our big interviews with the candidates for state auditor, which is going to be really exciting. Uh, That's on Friday. 7 o'clock, Anthony Amore. 8 o'clock, Diana DiZaglio will be joining us um, after uh, after the feast. We'll be at the feast. And then they're going to join us in studio for an interview to talk about their platform for auditor and they'll take calls too at uh 508-996-0500 that's that's how you can get on i'm really excited for that tomorrow i'm gonna have rick trapello in uh the candidate for the 10th personal district he'll be on with us tomorrow and uh he'll be taking your calls as well and then i had carl owls from paca in at uh, 508-996-0500 there's a few things i want to talk about i want to talk about the new dartmouth uh cell phone uh rule which i think everybody at the station's covered, but me. So I'd like to talk about it a little bit, give my perspective, because I'm the youngest one out of the on-air guys. Yeah, I'm definitely the youngest one at, at WBSM, at least. I'm the youngest uh, broadcaster. So uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the uh, phone. we got some calls now. Let's Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hello. Hello. Call back. So there's a new rule at Dartmouth High School. That's basically you've got to put your cell phone in a, they call it a cell hotel. There's these little numbered pockets. You have a number, you put your cell phone in it. And you go into class and you learn like you're supposed to. I I missed this. I just missed this era, I think. of. I didn't get a smartphone until I was in law school. I didn't get a smartphone until I was in law school. And it's because the ubiqu- smartphones weren't as ubiquitous as they are now until, like, the early 2010s, like 2012, 2013, uh, I think is when they started really catching on. Like, I think my first smartphone, I was a first-year law student is when I first got my first smartphone because cell phones, I remember it was when I was a kid, it was like, you know, in the nineties, it was car phones. That was the big thing was car phones. And then people started having cell phones. I had my first cell phone when I was like in eighth grade at 14, I got a cell phone from my parents. I, to this day, don't remember that number for the cell phone. I, I didn't remember it back then i didn't know what the number was back then either because i never used the phone i never used it it was really only to be used to like if i needed to call my my mom or dad if i was i was like 14 so if i needed to call my mom or dad somewhere and then i freshman year i got the next tell the um you know the one that goes beep beep the i530 i remember it was the next tell the one with the direct connect basically the walkie talkie feature that everybody loved so much and it was actually kind of cool you could just you know hit somebody up um, but I didn't start like the cell phones with the camera feature 
was a fairly new thing and not nearly as sophisticated either. And cell phones with internet wasn't even, I don't even think was, was at the time like conceptualized or thought of. I remember the commercials that like in the early 2000s that were talking about text messages, right? How you could send somebody a text. I didn't have text messages until college, actually. It just wasn't a feature that my parents put on my phone, I guess, because people, other people had text messages. I remember I could get texts from people, but I couldn't text people back. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't have that in my plan. That used to be a thing where you had to add text to your plan. I remember the after nine o'clock unlimited minutes thing, right? Where you'd have to call everybody after nine o'clock because you, you, you then would have, there wouldn't be a limit on how many minutes that you called. There's, I know there's some people that still have are on a minutes plan. Some people now are on data plans where you can, be on a limited amount of data. So basically the apps that you use, you know, um, if you go over a certain amount of whatever usage of your data, which is the apps you use more or less, then you get charged extra for that. Um, But I think a lot of that has even gone more to the wayside. I think unlimited data is becoming more of a standard part of everybody's uh, cell phone plan as well. But I had a flip phone. Uh, I had a flip phone. I had still the same number, right, But that I've always had. But I had a, fl- I had a flip phone uh, back then. It didn't take pictures. I didn't get a camera on my phone until probably until I was in college. So I missed this whole craze. I missed the whole smartphone craze um, in my formative years until I was already more or less an adult, right? Are you an adult at 22? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess scientifically, you're not like fully an adult, right? You, you don't have, you, your brain doesn't, isn't fully developed. Your frontal lobe isn't fully developed until you're 25, um, which is interesting, right? But I didn't, I just missed this craze. I, we, cell phones were still back then when I was in high school, still actually like an issue that needed to be brought up. I remember when I was at Stang, them talking about if you, if we, your cell phones are banned in the school, I'm pretty sure was the, was the, was the regulation. Cell phones are banned in the school. And if we see a cell phone, we're taking it. And if we have pictures on the cell phone, we're looking at them. (laughs) You say we're looking at them and you get your, your phone back at the end of the day. I remember once someone said it, uh, someone said if I, someone takes my, if someone sees my phone, uh, I'm just going to break it in half before they look at the pictures that are on my phone. I remember someone saying that, that in high school, but back then it wasn't, you know, phones weren't like they were just becoming a regular part of everybody's life. So they outright banned them. I remember saying them saying you can't have phones in the classroom. They're not allowed even in the school. They're allowed in your locker. I think it was. So if you have them out, I had my phone confiscated one time, actually, just looking, you know, I forget what I was doing, but for whatever reason, my phone was out of my pocket and I got it taken away. Nowadays, I mean, even in, in but when, as, as smartphones became more ubiquitous, when I was going through college and graduate school, I started, it started to become a distraction. I mean, admittedly for me, right? And laptops became more ubiquitous too. There are teachers... I remember in college and in law school, and I don't know if they still do. I don't know if you can now, given how, given how, again, just how ubiquitous it all is. 
but there were teachers and law school professors that banned the use of laptops. That was how I took all of my notes. But it could be a distraction because you have internet access. You can go and browse on your on your um, you know on, online and look at all all of the uh, look at a bunch of other stuff that doesn't have to do with what you're learning. I think that's been the big problem at Dartmouth. So I mean, I think it's a good thing. I, it's hard to find a argument against it, right? I mean, maybe if there's a specific situation where you need your cell phone, maybe there's some sort of system that's tied into your cell phone that, I don't know, maybe some type of, I don't know, if you have some sort of health issue, you need your phone on you. I'm sure there's exceptions, right? I'm sure there's exceptions. I'm sure not everybody, I'm sure it's not a... I'm sure there's some people that are allowed to have their cell phone on them for whatever reason that they're allowed to. But I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I, it's hard. I mean, maybe the argument against it is, well, if you, you know, well, if you are, if there's an emergency, your phone's outside. You can't call somebody, right? And that's true. But the teacher has a phone, Right. The teacher will have their phone on them. And I can't imagine it's not distracting today, especially with all the stuff that's going on, TikTok and all of that. I think even the students were one of the students that was interviewed. I was watching a WPRI clip on it. Even one of the students that was interviewed saying, oh, yeah, it's funny when someone is scrolling through a TikTok and the volume comes on. And and then, uh, you know, it's uh, then you hear, you know, whatever they were saying. and, And it's like. Yeah, it's, I guess it's funny, but it's not funny for the teacher who's trying to lesson plan around this, right, and get you ready for the MCAS. Not that the MCAS should exist, but they're trying to get you ready for the MCAS, get you ready to graduate high school. And I imagine it's it's got to be even more difficult now with all of the distractions that are readily, readily available for people. You know, we talked about, they talked about um, how difficult it was to teach during the COVID-19 pandemic. And because everybody was remote right everybody was remote so it was pretty easy for people to you know basically screw off and not do what they were supposed to do and not pay attention but when you get back to the classroom some of the devices that allowed for you to be so distracted were still there so there's other towns in the cities in the commonwealth that have had this cell phone um cell phone hotel thing i think they mentioned springfield in particular because they said it was such a distraction but i think it's probably something that should be adopted universally i haven't ha- I, I mean i haven't heard a good argument against it against the use of cell phones um but i mean again if there's an emergency in the classroom the teachers have their cell phones so they'll be able to do that and you know they're not texting people or being distracted because they're the ones giving the lessons um so Anyway, 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break now. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight with Marcus. Chris is out. 1420 WB. 996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. What's up, Chuck? I thought I'd chime in on the cell phone. Sure. Not literally on the cell phone, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Right. Uh, bad joke, sorry. Uh, one thing I was finding interesting in the decades I was teaching... At the beginning, when uh, my career, when school opened in September, you would explain your policies to your students and you begin to teach. Mm-hmm. Each year thereafter, I, we were required to generate more and more paperwork. 
explaining our rules and policies because you got to have it down on paper. Right. To the point that in my last few years, I would come in a week early just so I could get a hold of a photocopier and run this stuff off. It was just getting, the pack was getting thicker and thicker and thicker. Right. The catch is, if you're asking me to write up all these policies and rules, you damn well better expect I'm going to enforce them. Right, of course. Don't pretend and don't make it look good. You know, oh, we're so serious about education. Yeah, um, sure, whatever. Well, in any event, my cell phone policy became the following. I said, look, while education is going on in the classroom, your cell phone is to be off and away. Right. If the cell phone goes off, I say, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to smile and say, shut it off. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Right. At points where we're not doing education, uh, which was rare, but when we're not doing education, you can use your cell phone. And there were actually legitimate educational uses where we use the cell phones. Like what? Well, this is great. And one of the labs we did was on spectroscopy. And uh, What is that? Oh, okay, you... Uh, science-deprived people. It's about the light glowing objects give off. Okay. You know, well, in any event, like, for example, you ever notice the sodium vapor lamp has a kind of an orange glow to it? Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of thing. But you put it through a prism, and you break up the light into its colors. Okay. Well, all that being said, it used to be the kids would look through the spectroscope, and they would sketch what they saw. It gave them the opportunity to use the colored pencils. Then one kid one day asked me, can I try to take a picture with my smartphone through the spectroscope? I said, go for it. Let's see what it's like. And I was so impressed with it. I said, you got to take a picture, print this out and put this in your report. This is great. Yeah. You know, it was a legitimate use. And the kid asked permission. Well, I said, look, here's what's going to happen if you're using your phone while I'm teaching, I'm going to run over it with a tank. No, I'm not. (laughs) Seriously. I don't want your phone. I don't want to be responsible for your phone. You're going to put it away. I'm going to give you a 15 minute detention. You can serve it either today or tomorrow. Or to be very honest, if something's up and you can't stay for a little while, we'll delay it. And after you serve your detention, which starts the minute you show up, uh, I hold no grudge. We'll move on. Right. Reasonable or unreasonable? Seems very reasonable. Well, I'm obviously to the right of Hitler. (laughs) Think I'm kidding? Right. Um, Well, one day, this only happened once. A girl was on her phone texting, uh, and I said, you know the policy I explained to you. She said, well, aren't you going to warn me? You already uh, did. I said, I told you on the day I put this rule out, which I didn't even want to come up with in the first place, uh, that's your warning. Right. And I saw a smile on her face. I said to myself, ooh, this is going to be interesting. 
Let's see how this works out. Well, next day I come into school, I turn my computer on, kick up the class rosters, and guess whose name is no longer on my class list? Right. (laughs) Guidance and administration allowed her to drop the class. Right. Because I gave her a 15-minute detention for using her cell phone. But you know what? This is this is an example of generate the rules, but really don't mean it because we don't want to get anybody upset. Right. I, I, this is my last year of teaching. I said to myself, don't blow a gasket over this. Right. If there's such morons that they and I capitalize morons that they can't enforce the rules they want you to generate, down with them. Yeah. I can smile all the way to my last day, walk out with my pension, know I've given those kids a hell of an education, and to hell with you. Right. Um, oh, by the way, they never informed me the kid was going to be dropped. No, they just dropped. So what, what did, what did that? How did, did they just go to another teacher, another science teacher? Uh, there was no other teacher available for that course, so they totally dropped the course. Wow. <laughs> it was a physics course. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, really important stuff. Yeah. Not like law or anything like that. Yeah. I got lawyers in my family. Don't worry. Um, but seriously, um, and that was it. I, I, I was totally disgusted. Mm-hmm. What am I generating these bleep, 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 bleep rules for if you don't want me to mean them? Yeah. Well, what I used to see a lot of in the years before that was, we generate a rule, we all agree on the rule, then all of a sudden somebody uh, violates it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got to study the rule, and we may have to change it next year, so we're not going to enforce it. Right. Uh-huh. You know, the uh, cell phones are truly worse distraction than ever in the classroom. Yeah, no, of course, they're a distraction everywhere. And, uh, oh, absolutely. I, I didn't mind them having it with them because we had a real lockdown once. Well, that's what I was, that was my and next I, question. I, was know, there... I, the only reason I knew it, what was going on is the teach, kids were using their phones and telling me what was going on. And how were they, were they communicating with other people? How'd they other know? people, their parents, yeah. Oh, okay. And I didn't mind at all because we weren't informed what was going on. Okay. You're just in lockdown. Period, and it was it was in the end it was okay, but the lockdown was real. Right, and so I didn't have a problem with the kids having their phone with them, but you know it's like you got to be kidding me. Right. You, one of the things I'll close with this. Um, one of the things that frustrated me in my latter years is I I could not teach at the level. I taught at, at the beginning of my career. The level was going down. We were dumbifying. Why is that? Well, if you uh, dumbify, kids will pass, won't they? Oh, well, you're, you're saying that you, you were basically you were forced to water down the lessons. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because nobody can be unhappy anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, one thing I noticed. You know, I had high standards for my students, and I used to tell them, if I don't expect much of you, I don't think much of you. 
Right. And I meant it, and the vast majority of the students lived up to the expectation and beyond. They can do great work. Right. They're not stupid. But there's always people who... I was encountering a lot of this out of school, running into people saying, can't these kids do math? Yeah. Yeah. I can't do math. <laughs> well, you were lucky. Yeah. When I went to high school, there were no calculators. Huh. Uh, we had to do it on the back of Slate and in the barn, you know. You don't believe me. <laughs> right. No, I <laughs> you do. take care, okay? Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate Bye. it. I mean, we had calculators. They They required... Some classes required it, but we weren't allowed to... You know, use them a lot of, you know, for the actual, like, tests and stuff like that. I actually can't remember in high school whether or not I had to use or was ever allowed to use a calculator. Maybe for some specific problems. I Maybe for some specific problems. I remember I had to get, like, one of those Texas instrument things for, um, I remember I had to get uh, one of those Texas instrument things. Um <laughs> When uh, uh, when I was in eighth grade, but we never actually used it. Uh, part of it was my eighth grade math teacher was not a good teacher, not a nice person. They live in don't live around here anymore, so I can say that. But <laughs> and that was a private school. It wasn't um wasn't public school either. So uh, just a bad teacher and. A, Again, not a great person, but, um, yeah, no, I just never got, never, never did the math thing. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We're talking about the, uh, use of cell phones in classrooms. I did actually want to switch the conversation a little bit. I wanted to talk about the work and family mobility act because it was something that was coming up, you know, uh, it came up in the, in the debate between, uh, Rick Trapillo and, and Bill Strauss. And, uh, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly, um, is a bit was a big part of that debate because you know Bill Strauss helped write the bill as the chairman of transportation. Uh, it was a big part of its passage as well. So um, you know they don't, both had uh, interesting in a Democratic primary. Both had different sort of varying positions on it. They both supported it though, but it seemed like <clears throat> Trapillo had some concerns. Now I did want to talk about some of the positive effects of the law. But 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Uh, actually, let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Marcus, how are you? My name is Johnny One Note. Johnny, um, what's up? Not much, man. Calling you from the app. Nice. I'm listening to you from the app all day. I use the app a lot now. So I walk around with it with my cell phone in my pocket and I uh, bugs my ear, you know, and I can go along and do things. doesn't stop me from listening to the show. It's a great resource. It's pretty handy, and it's always clear. Uh, I have trouble. You know what? I, I've tried the FM channel, and I can never get that to come in clear at all, which is strange. To there's me some there's some spots where the FM channel is is stronger than the AM channel, and there's some spots where the AM cha- channel is stronger than the FM channel, uh, right. which I th- I think is interesting. But it's the signal's always strong when you've got the app. The yeah. app. Yeah, it, it never weakens your uh, streaming uh, online. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I, I think cell phones should not be allowed in the classroom. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, it's just a huge distraction. 
I'm thinking back into the 70s when I was sitting down in high school. You know, how far would I have gone if I had a cell phone? Right. At my desk. Not very far, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, way too distracting. I mean, uh, I get distracted a lot of times during the day. I should be doing other things and uh, maybe texting somebody or looking for something. But, I mean, it has its uses. Definitely the Internet is a great thing, but I don't think the classroom is any place for a cell phone at all. Right. Uh, not at all. So my my friend Chris is not interested. Chris, yeah, Chris will be back on. Um, Chris will be back on Friday. He's taking a couple okay. days off, like I did last week. And you are working the feast this weekend, here? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always volunteered. I've always been there every day to volunteer. Uh, this year, obviously, since I have some new commitments, I won't be there every day. But I'll definitely, I'll certainly be there um, throughout the weekend. Well, this is the first year in my lifetime that I am going to be able to go to the feast every single day, all four days. Oh, cool. And uh, I will be doing that in some fashion. Um, I'm awesome. I'm trying to stay away from the big crowds. Um, you know, I might hang out upside the club out front on my motorcycle. I don't really want to be jammed up shoulder to shoulder with people just yet. You know, yeah, the, well, they got the... Um... They have the Panthers Club now for for motorcycle uh, parking. Yeah, yeah, that's where I park every year. Yeah, cool. Drive right in, drive right out. I love it. Right, you know. So I'll be there. That's where I'll be. Awesome. Uh, I'll be hitting it every day. Um, maybe sometimes during the day, not at night. It's my wife, she she gets up very early to go to work. Yeah, I hear you. Friday and Saturday, so it's not there. I wouldn't stay out there without her. So, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't. Probably won't be able to eat as much as I want, but I will be eating some, and I will be enjoying it. Good. Uh, good. How's the show going? Pretty good. Yeah, it's good. You know, uh, it's different. It's a different experience with um, without Chris, but I, you know, I've done that for a while too, so I'm, I'm more or less used to it. But it's always, you know, it's always great to have Chris back. You see that you get a lot of the daytime calls call you back at night. Yeah, and we've gotten some. We get a lot of the daytime callers, but we also have definitely gotten some some newer callers you know uh, yeah we've gotten a a lot of newer callers we got a lot of people say they're first time callers so uh it's 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 good and we've got people that message on the app chat too um so it's good there's people that are able to interact with our programming that might not have been during the day right and that was my nighttime show yeah people that you know working for a living during the daytime will never get to listen to talk radio right you know maybe they'll, they'll get the chance at night uh, like I said, it was successful back in the uh, day when I uh, listened to it um, day and night. But, uh, yeah, so uh, good to talk to you, and uh, I'm always listening. I try to call every show. I don't always get to, but... Appreciate that. All right. Take care. I love your show. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 508-996-0500. Yeah, actually, we've been getting a lot of good uh, reception um, for the the night show. I think the slot is very, the slot's very accessible. It's 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 a good way to it's a it's, you know, during the day a lot of people don't have time to listen. I know there's a lot of people that work, you know, like for the city that list, that are able to listen during the day, but maybe in, be able to interact more at night. And um, it's cool. It's a fun opportunity. I enjoy it. I enjoy being here. Um, at night and yeah the good thing is if you're 
you want to do the day feast thing if you're not into the because the crowd really comes in thick at night. That's when it gets shoulder to shoulder, right out there, and you you know you've it, it gets um it gets hot and heavy there, and that's fun too, you know. That's fun too, but if you're more of like a day feast person, that's great. You can tune in. Uh, we've got some great guests lined up for you. Chris will be back Friday, but I'll be in with Rick Trapillo tomorrow for an hour, and we'll take your calls. Right, he'll answer your questions. He's running to be state rep, uh, and against Bill Strauss again. I thought that debate was interesting. I think it was revealing in a lot of ways, but um, but I did want to talk about the Work and Family Mobility Act for a little bit uh, to close out the show. Uh, but, of course, we'll take your calls and whatever you want at 508-996-0500. I will say to the point of having um, cell phones and calculators, you know, it was interesting when I was uh, my last year in law school. I Because, you know, they don't allow you to have that handy, right? They want you to remember stuff when you're doing that. Just like you're not allowed to have textbooks and stuff like that. They want you to remember, you know, what exactly you're being tested on. But when I was in law school, I had one professor that said, uh, you can have anything you want. You can have the internet you can have your textbook you can have your um you can have your notes you can have all of that you can have anything you want because when you go out there and you practice law you're not going to have a client walk up to you and say hey i have this legal question for you and in order to answer it you cannot look in any treatises in any notebooks in any textbooks you can't. You have to tell me. You have to recite to me in this moment exactly how you're going to solve it without any type of help, uh, any type of supporting materials. Which is a good point. <laughs> I thought that was a great point. I wish all that was also the hardest. That was also the hardest law school class I ever took. Right? It was a four hour test. Four hours. It was a four hour test. It was the hardest class I ever took. Um, but I thought it was an interesting point. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yeah. Hey. Thanks. You know, uh, talking about the children and uh, the phone, cell phones. Uh, my question is, uh, who came forward in Dartmouth and has uh, made the statement that the uh, schools are secure, security is fine, and because of that, uh, phones are not essential to be on the person of the children. We'll focus on education here because the schools are secure. There was a learning environment here. Everybody's phone will be put up, and they'll get their phone back, et cetera, at the appropriate time. Uh, who made that statement? Any, any public official? I didn't hear that statement in particular. Are you saying that? The, no, I didn't either. You're saying because that the, it wasn't made. All it is is uh, take, the, take the phones away from the children. Didn't they learn anything about Uvalde? most freakish thing that ever was with the children on the, the phone. phones didn't help Communicating them Communicating the people saying he's in this room no room no day. and the, the cops just stand there listening to the gunshots yeah never never moving forward one of the guys was so was... disgusting i did that you know in the army uh something like that uh, they put a bullet on you You're useless i mean it's very and yeah, that's treason times 10 it's amazing. What a dereliction. In other words, those men dressed like cops were just wearing Halloween costumes. They were just wearing laundry with a bad guy. I've never seen so much cowardice in my life, and yet we're brushing that under the rug. Yeah. But anyway, with the children, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to come in. Ovaldi said to Dave, nobody's going to come in here and blast us away. A series of events can turn everything upside down. Right. And that's what happened that day in Ovaldi. It was a series of freakish events. 
uh, with a sick person involved who's a catalyst doing irrational things and all that it all led to a bad bad ending and and the point is is i know those kids didn't have their phones it it was a moot point because the cops weren't coming in anyway one of the cops was texting his wife at least if it was my son or daughter now one of them cops said when the gunshots are going on there could be my child in there what are they all bachelors in involving nobody had the family thing the gut feeling right i mean we're not even talking about macho alpha male we're talking about humanity. <laughs> Wouldn't you do something? Yeah. I mean, uh, if they ran away and just declared themselves, threw, the, threw their weapons down, took their police uniforms off, and just threw them on the ground and said, we're not, we didn't sign up for this, then I, I would have said, okay. That's basically what a lot of them did, actually. I mean, not... Yeah, not... I think they did, and I'm laughing, too. All them dead kids, <laughs> they threw their uniforms down. They gave up. It's a big joke, because nobody feels it till it hits home. I would never hit time. Yeah, but the cell phones aren't going to help them. I mean, one one guy was texting us. No, his... they're not going to help them, because the Dimeth cops are going to do what the cops did. Well, I don't know. I don't. Guaranteed. I, I don't want to. Payroll patriots. That's all. I don't want to. I, you know, listen. I don't want to make any assumptions about the Dartmouth police. I you don't better know. make assumptions. You better do something because you got the microphone. Yeah, I, I mean, let's just hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope no one. We no, don't have gonna to hope nothing. Let's be proactive, and well, it don't happen. Well, what's the proactive way to stop a Uvalde from happening anywhere around here? You secure your schools. You physically secure your schools. With what? You have a principal. You have a superintendent who's security conscious and says this is a safe zone. These kids can learn because just a month and a half ago, every kid who's of the age to understand what happened, every 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 child that understood what happened out there is looking over their shoulders at everybody and everything else. Nothing safe. You think they want to give up their phone just because the adults act like Uvalde happened 2,000 years ago? Well, I just, again... They're very, very smart, and and this is how the memories are going to be when they're 50 and 40 and 60 years old. They're going to say, I remember when I was a little kid. For me, I remember when John Kennedy got shot. was eight years old. I remember that. And these kids are going to remember Uvalde. And and Mm -hmm. I'll tell you... As I grew up and became 30, 40, and 50, and I looked in my history books of people who were those ages, and I, and I said, gee, I'm 40. How the hell could they do what they did? I'm 40 years old. That is totally no good what they did. Mm-hmm. And they call it leadership? Lead by what? Who gets the biggest budget? I mean, come on. It, it, we got to turn this country around, and, and it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen because there's not enough people interested. I mean, it's like, we, 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 could we segue into the uh, uh, Charlie Baker? Sure. All right, Charlie Baker's going to be leaving pretty soon. He got elected twice. He's not even a Republican. He saw, he, he, for his own purposes, he went and he ran as a Republican. He got the vote, and then what did he do? He didn't betray us. His betrayal was in his appointments. The people that he appointed, not even from Massachusetts, came in. And his appointments was the betrayal to everyone who voted cast a ballot for that man. And now when he leaves, he spends his nest. Those appointments are going to be around for a long time. And it's those appointments who have the ear of the political action committees who throw the money into these appointed. These appointed people never elected. These people were never elected. And they, and they don't have what it takes to get elected in the first place. And they're unelected and unaccountable. And they go right to Beacon Hill. 
and they pay off Baker Mill to get these. I mean, Charlie things. Baker definitely hired some Republicans in his in his cabinet. I think it's just difficult to find them in Massachusetts, right? No, I'm not, I'm, no. The obvious question is name two or three of them. But I tell you what, he does do. He gives everybody a golden parachute, and you can see all them golden parachutes when he's leaving, landing on the UMass grounds where they're going to have plum jobs for life. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> You're right of about that. Of course it's true. Of yeah. course it's true. And, and, and uh, the, the only reason I know that is because it's coming out of me, my children, my family. It don't matter if we're handicapped or we're doing well, we get our health or not. It's coming out of it. He was such a good guy. Remember Pilgrim Health and they threw him out and gave him a golden parachute? Yeah. He's making like $4 million a year, right? Just to get rid of him. And he said, what the hell am I going to do in Swampscott? Right. I better run for something. He ran for governor. He got it. Well, he was selectman, too, for for a while. Right. And, I, you know, I'm not, nothing against the guy as a human being. I'm just saying politically. I, 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 you know, he's got a lot of questions to answer if this was a two-party state. First of all, why you declare yourself a Republican? Uh, didn't we have, don't we have another one running around Capitol Hill, Mitt Romney? who was governing, declared himself a Republican. Look what he's doing. He was the Republican nominee for president. I mean, he was the gold standard for a Republican at one point. I don't know what's... And Obamacare is really Romney It is. That's true. Um, it, Obamacare really came... was like a, a Nixon... I think like a basically a Richard Nixon's uh, original health care plan, right? And Bob Dole, uh, I think, introduced a similar health care plan in the uh, in the Senate in the 90s. It's It's... So, yeah. but, but how, about, how about Liz Cheney? I'm talking about which is not an associate of Mass Shoot, but uh, uh, Dick Cheney's a father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Liz Cheney's he a Liz... from, the, from the military but... and it's vice president with Ronald Reagan. And um, she's talking about this and about she never identifies the fact that she was the deferment baby. When they come after Dick Cheney for the fifth time, she was just about ready to be born, and they said, "Oh, you're a family now. This and that with a child. This and that. We can't, we can't, we can't bother you no more, Mister Jane." She was the deferment baby, right? But so, who are you supporting for governor then? Well, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for the lady because I, I know what I'm going to get with her. Just like I knew what I was going to get with Deval Patrick. These people have a D in front of their name, and they and they you're going to get Democrat. But what I don't like. As if she was running with an R in front of her name, she'd never get my vote. What? Uh, Maury Healy? Yeah. If she says, well, I'm a Republican, I'm a Republican. No, she's total Democrat. Right. And, and so so is Charlie Baker, total Democrat. Who, who, what governor says I didn't vote for either party? Yeah, I thought I actually thought that was pretty sad. Who else says that and then goes to Washington trying to bring, bring back some pork for overtaxed people? Yeah, make a statement like that. I actually Are thought that, that was pretty sad. Than them? I wouldn't vote for that. I don't right. like Grape Report, and I don't like French's method. <laughs> oh, like none of them. Uh, hey, man, I got to take this break. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I got to take a break. I'll be right back. 1420 WBS. 508-996-0500. Chris will be back on Friday, just taking a break like I did. And we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Seems like a lot of you guys enjoyed the cell phone topic. Um, and that's good. It's good. Again, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's something I'm glad I missed when I was in high school. I just missed, I just missed, I think I, I hit a sweet spot in terms of growing up along with the advancement of technology where again, I didn't have a smartphone, I think until I was in law school when I was like 22 years old. So 
I think I ended up making up pretty good there. And I, it's kind of, I think it's kind of feel bad for a lot of the kids dealing with the distractions that they have to deal with. It's not really their fault, right? They're just sort of born into this society with all of this, um, you know, where you have these, you have all the information in the world and all the entertainment in the world, literally, you know, in your pocket. And so like, how is that? How can it, how can a young person, because most adults can't resist it, right? So how can a young person resist it? I'm going to take another break. We'll be right back. Marcus, Chris will be back Friday, but I'll be in tomorrow with Rick Trapillo, candidate for the 10th Bristol District. I ended up to debate with um, Chairman Strauss yesterday, which, again, I thought was interesting. And uh, definitely going to ask him some questions about uh, the debate and uh, more about his campaign. So I'll definitely... uh, take calls too during that segment if you want to talk to him directly you can at 508-996-0500 if you're going to the feast tomorrow enjoy be safe uh and you know i'll be there at certain points at certain points throughout the uh throughout the weekend so it was fun it's a good time i we all missed it i you know I, I know we all missed it it was. I remember how devastating it was when they first announced the feast closure in 2020, and then 2021, and we were like, I think people more or less expected it, right? But uh, it's back, and again, enjoy it, enjoy it safely. Uh, I know that uh, I was involved with the feast. I still am. I know how much hard work that the the feast uh, committee puts on uh, the feast club puts into it every year. So those efforts definitely deserve to be celebrated. And uh, our Portuguese and Madeiran heritage in this area um, should be celebrated as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing you.